Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Are you into lit RPG as much as I am? Well, on this podcast today, I have TJ Reynolds. Like many lit RPG authors, TJ turned into the genre as a way to feed his gaming addiction while pretending to be an adult. Adulting, not just for kids anymore. His latest project is First Fist, the seventh bridge to the heavens. And without any further delay, I'd like to welcome TJ Reynolds. Hey, hey, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Man, you really hit the point when you talked about that. And you talked about going from the thing of uh, feeding your gaming addiction while pretending to be an adult. I've often noticed with like lit Archie RPG books and things like this, you, there's kind of like this voyeuristic Twitch gaming over the side seat peanut gallery watching the person inside the video game do something epic. And I feel like that's like this whole genre. Uh, can you talk to me just a little bit about just kind of like what are your thoughts around the gaming addiction side while pretending to be an adult? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh it's just, you know, like a guilty confession, you know? Um, I, I remember when I, I was trying to write my first one, I was doing eternal online. And at the time I was playing world of Warcraft, you know, simultaneously. And I, I ditched wow for a little while because I was more excited about what was going to happen in the next chapter, because for the first time I like turned off the expectation and the, the pressure of writing a book and I was like oh my god I'm playing a game and I'm about to level up you know we're like oh I found loot and I'm like what's it gonna be <laughs> so so that that's where it gets real rich you know oh that's so cool man so then yeah so you almost you got you got sucked into your own fantasy so you literally were able to create it and then you you felt like you're playing your own video game is it is it hard to switch between being the person that plans and per, the person that adventures you know, because like part of it is like you have to create kind of this narrative construct of what's going on. And the other ones, you kind of got to step into the slipstream and kind of flow through it. Do you, yeah. is it, is it difficult to like kind of? It, it, it is. I've, I've always struggled to just even passively watching narrative. I tend yeah. to want to like make decisions and I'm like, dude, you're in a movie. You can't change anything here. Yeah. Right. The movie's yeah. already been written. So I yeah. want to change the things that have. But then when it comes to my own writing, I get frustrated because the story's written and I can't type fast enough. You know, so the sentences sometimes get in the way and I have to slow down and be like, dude, be in the moment. You know, we're on chapter 13. I know the climax is exciting, but we can't get there yet. You know, is it is it, so. is it there when you say it's already it, it's already been written? Is it when you say is it, is it written in your head? Is it something on paper? Okay. No, 100 percent. It just sort of um, I, I've got like a, some really cool strengths as an author and some really big weaknesses. So like I visualize things. Um, so I, I feel like I have a cinematic experience when I'm rocking a book, but yeah. like, I can't, um, I can't read faster than I speak. Uh, it just sort of slows down. So I can't like revise my book line by line unless I want to spend two years. Um, so I'll, I'll do major revisions and do a couple drafts and everything, but I, I just really can't dip in like some authors can cause it's too slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So strengths and weaknesses. So you said one of the strengths is visualization. So is that a part of your process on the daily or do you like sit and meditate under a, a tree for 40 days and 40 nights or how does that all work? Nothing magical. It's just the way that I think. So like when I'm writing, it's just visual. I feel like I'm watching a movie kind of. Mm. And then it gets frustrating because I'm like, dude, I'm literally still just what they're all in slow motion because oh. I can't write faster. 
<laughs> so then when you're visualizing the experience, you're almost like you are uh, someone that's documenting your own mental experience. And so you're kind yeah. of sitting there kind of like just taking notes and go, okay, I see what's happening. The guy goes and slays the dragon and that, that kind of experience. Is that what you're thinking? It's more passenger. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. That's why I really get into the fight scenes and the choreography. Cause I, I try to see the moves as they happen. Mm. Did you have to do any type of research or do you have any type of background in the, in the fighting and the communication? I, I saw some, some, some comments about like uh, really nailing like the militaristic side and wondering if you had like a military background. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I started in the army, um, like right after high school probably uh -huh. was a bit of a mistake just because, uh, some of my reasons for joining were a little suspect, but, um, no resentment and, and no regrets cause it, it made me who I am. But, mm -hmm. um, I just tried to tell, um, I tried to show like some of the benefits and cool parts of the military, which is we get to see the camaraderie a little bit come alive and mm -hmm. like the structure and support. If you're a part of a cog, then you don't need to be worried about being abandoned because you're in a machine. <laughs> Trust me, they're going to keep you well oiled. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but at the same time, cogs wear down. So the character we meet is, is kind of at the end. Um, and then of course he discovers like a cool cultivation, magical way of, you know, uh, extending his life and recovering and gaining power and all that. But um, that's where mm. the pain takes over. Yeah, the, the, the epicness, I'm sure that uh, a lot of um, soldiers wish they had superpowers and the abilities to do things that was no, like, no, <laughs> no. like even the power to heal, like my back hurts and you're like, hang on, let me meditate, let me meditate and it'll yeah. go away. And I'm like, no, actually my, my L4, L5 are gone. <laughs> they're still messed up, man. They're not coming back from meditation, but that's okay. Yeah. That's why I write books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to con consolidate the power through meditation. I mean, and, I mean, part of it's, I mean, there are supposedly uh, the, the people that can do that in this world, but yeah. not, not to the fantasy aspect that you see, right? And so, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and one thing you're talking about too, I think is right, is like, there's a lot of negativity around military, right? And there's a lot of negative that can be, right? But at the same time, there's this whole camaraderie, like putting yourself at the edge of like life's experiences and also being part of a brotherhood. It could be a sisterhood as well, but being a part of something where you, 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 yes, there are what the powers that be maybe do things that you don't approve of or whatever it might be, but, but more so just looking at that slice of what you're talking about, the, the brotherhood, and the camaraderie and the feeling needed and also feeling that you're you're you 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 have missions you have goals you have purposes right um when when you're when you do you have like personal experiences or anything that comes to mind uh, from your turn time in the army uh, that kind of gave you that sense of brotherhood or connection or anything specific that you can share 100% yeah yeah and um and first fist i kind of like go into that and then bleed over into um kind of the limitations of that. But, and so my, my own experiences, I, I tried to just reflect that as accurately as possible. So some readers are probably not gonna enjoy it because I start very much with the brotherly love thing um, and, the, and the connection and the camaraderie. And, and that's, there's truth in that. Um, but, then, uh, but then I've lost friends. Um, and so then that breaks, right? Um, and then, then, then the weird thing is, is when someone gets out of the service, I left, I, I finished my contract and I left. And then they're gone and it's super weird. It's a total mind thing. And so he does that and the thing, he gets discharged uh, and a little more, he becomes an exile or whatever, but um, it's a very short passage. Uh, mm. But you see sort of the limitations of the camaraderie because it's it's everything and they're always gonna be with you. But sadly, you do, you can't 
actually stay in the unit your whole life, you know, yeah. like yeah. someone's going to die and another person's going to go get married and another person's going to go a lifetime, you know, yeah. and, and they're all good choices. So sorry. So that, that was <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's awesome. It's real. It's also like, it's everything that we do, like everything that we create, the books that we write, right? It's all about creating feelings, right? You're creating feelings and that, and that feelings are pulled from you feeling something else, right? And whether, you know, it's not maybe this mythical fantasy piece of it, but you're, there's these moments in time that it feels like it can go on forever. Whether, whether you're part of a, you know, Al Bundy football team where you scored four touchdowns in one game, or you, you know, you're inside the army, whatever, whatever it might be, there's these these moments where you, you, there's a collection of people that are all striving towards something that I think is beautiful. And that whole juxtaposition that you're talking about where it's like, this is, this is my reality. Right. Then all of a sudden you, you left that reality and you go, oh, now what, like, now what do I do? How do I pick up these pieces and what does it look like? And that's a, I mean, that's, that's superhuman, not superhuman. That's very human to have an experience. And, and I think that's, some of those emotions that people want to feel like for you, has there been moments inside of writing the book series that you got choked up or you had, you felt for the character or was there something that you, was there a situation um, without any spoilers, of course, um, that you personally paused because you, you, you felt for the character. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, man. And it's not like, it's it's unfortunately common. <laughs> I, I yeah. tend to really go there with the emotion stuff. Some yeah. some readers don't appreciate it, but if you do want like character arc and and growth and like challenge, yeah. emotional challenge, not just yeah. like the power fantasy ride, um, I do think you'll dig my books because I I cry every time I read it, write a book. Even the cheesy ones, I've got I've got some other you know other pen names and projects that I'm like, dude, I want to I want to write something that's easier that I can flow through, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's still, I still want to go for authentic connection and authentic loss. And, and then it hits and, and then I'm crying at my own keyboard. And it's honestly probably the, one of the best reasons to keep writing by itself because it feels so um, real and alive. That's, that's awesome. And, and so it's almost, it's not the same thing, but when it comes to me, it's almost like a, like a form of therapy, like a form of like therapy or like emotional expression. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Have you heard of, on Tolkien or uh, Tolkien's um, it's either on recovery or recovery in the title. Tolkien wrote essays too. And yeah. one was the nature of fantasy as a necessary mental escape to alleviate like mental fatigue. And he, he had PTSD. The dude was at the battle of the song. There's like 35,000 people dead on day one. And Tolkien was there and then, okay. And then yeah. like Lord of the Rings, right? We've got the Nazgul mustard yeah. gas, right? Uh, we've got the ring wraiths, which, you know, like SS guards, there's lots of like, you, you know, there's just so much inspiration, um, not like directly, but the, the tone and the theme and the, the oh, stakes, wow. the stakes were huge. Wow. That's powerful. And it's also, a, it's something that you can tell like that it's the, it's come as a, that emotional reshaping of the experience and, and kind of almost like by being able to retell it in a way that's in your own world, you kind of then not only do you get the, the therapy from being able to get it out of you, but you also be able to shape it in the way that you want. And also in, the, in a way of having that impact and other people feeling that there's something about not feeling alone in the experience yeah, you have. 100%. You can invite another in. 
it, you've either taken therapy or you've done trauma research. You're lying to me, man. <laughs> one part, part of, I, did, I did a deep dive in college after the army because yeah. I was trying to heal some stuff, right? And, yeah. and like that is true, rewriting the narrative in your own favor. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of fantasy, right? Yeah. What if the princess can come back alive and the dragon becomes her best friend? Yeah. Or her lover, <laughs> depending on what you want for your or both. Hey, um, Jeez, there we are. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I know. I know this is going to be a hentai fantasy we're going to be going into now. Um, no, I mean, we, we, it's just these things are fascinating to me. Um, and, and the areas of, I mean, we we learn through either doing, experiencing, or we learn through stories. And stories are is, is nothing but information plus emotional intensity, right? And that sticks, right? And that's the way that, that's the way that we're doing it. I just, I've never thought about it from a perspective of some, someone writing as a way to get their experiences out that they've had in as a process to kind of, but also sharing it in that, that format. I didn't know about Tolkien. I didn't know about that, but that makes a lot of sense to me um, as a, as a, as a way to, a reason to start writing, like yeah. for you and your reason of start writing, can you, can you just talk to me just a little bit about the 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 uh, origins of kicking off your writing career and kind of what what was the meaning behind that? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, it's a little cheesy, but it's mostly the same thing. Um, I mean, I have I have always wanted to to be a, uh, some sort of storyteller or creator or an actor or all of them. Yeah. Um, I think uh, writing gives me the least anxiety, and I'm the most in control. Um, so it felt possible. And I was like, this is, this is safe enough. I can rock this. Um, but then I, I went to college, which is actually pretty bad for your writing career. <laughs> um, I got so much shit advice, man. It was like literally trad pub is evil and you can't make it even there. And self pub isn't real. And I'm like, but some there's, so there's no jobs as a writer. I can't, and they're like, no, sorry, basically. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'll become a teacher and then I'll figure out a hack to become a writer later. So that became my plan. So I had to become a writer first or a teacher first. And then once I finally got there, once I started believing in myself a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, I, I started pushing out. So um, I did poetry and creative nonfiction first. Um, so you can find if you search under TJ Reynolds, there's some some more stuff. And that's all creative nonfiction. So it, it's stuff that happened from my time in Iraq. Mm. Uh, I need those were like a mixture of pure therapy and me needing to show the world how disgusting things can be. Like I needed to be like, look, guys, like, let's not forget this nasty shit. <laughs> um, and then and then I was reading so much lit RPG and fiction that one day I was like, man, I, I need to stop being intimidated. This seems really fun. And I, I threw off some shackles and I dove in. Yeah, so that was pretty That's- fun. But for me, it was it was shedding fear. That's what I needed to do to start. But I. I've been wanting it for a long time. And the and the shedding fear was it was it those progressive steps from just yeah. communicating what you've experienced. I mean, like, hey, nobody knows about how how gross humans can be, all right, the dark side of humanity. And then and then kind of you kind of once you got that that stuff out, then you kind of look towards, well, what else can I do with this this tool? Is that kind of the process? A little bit. And a lot of it's like verification or no validation, excuse okay. me. So like, uh, you know, I just did want someone to look at my work and say, hey, this isn't so bad or hey, you've got potential. Um, and then, you know, you get published little things here and there when when these like the route to poetry, I was doing really good, which means I made like, what, two hundred and eighty dollars over like 13 competitions. They're, they're all hey. tiny. 
that means like, you know, and, and no one's ever seen my stuff because they were printed in like tiny things and handed out at events across America. Um, but each one was a validation. And I was like, you know what? Someone read it and that was good. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and I still felt, I think novelist was too fancy in my head and it scared me. I was like, no, I'm not a novelist yet. It's just all self-esteem stuff. Mm. And then I was like, fuck that. I can write a novel. And I started. So what was the moment that you felt like a novelist? Did it happen right when you wrote your first book or can you talk to me about that? I still usually don't, but, um, and, How many books and have you written? between my two pen names over 20, <laughs> and it, still, it still feels a little, yeah, I know, but it's true. Um, but, but, uh, there was a point where I started relaxing into it and it's a weird mixture of the success and failure. You need to experience a little both. And I think then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, have you been one starred hard? Has it, has it made you cry yet? <laughs> I, I like really pull out the incel. You should, you should read my reviews. The incels fucking hate me, man. They really do. Beta cuck, you know, they, they triple up with the, the incel words and I'm like, oh, someone got triggered. <laughs> Oh, there's some heat there, man. Yeah, that, I know. I know. That's and that. I mean, you want to talk about the one of the things that stops people from really experiencing life and the, and the whatever creative calling that they have. Like you know, the the quote is so trite, and it, but it's like many people go to the graves with a song unsung. You know, living lives of quiet desperation, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. And that the fear of the one star, I would say, because right when you said that to me, I was just like, ooh. I don't know, you know, like I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I'm, about, I'm about to go live with uh one of my like because I make games VR games. I'm about to go live with one of those things. I'm just like, and they're gonna be able, at that point they're gonna be able to leave reviews. I'm just like, uh, <sighs> it's, it's it is tough. It is tough. It's tough. It's tough, man. But it's but it but it's it's it. Let me ask you though, is it worth it for you? Yeah, it it is a little close. I'm 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 going through a thing right now where I'm learning to. Uh, like find balance and do self-care mm -hmm. because it's so much stress that um, that I need to keep balance. It's been tough. And ironically, like um, a, a couple of my last series and my attempts have done better than before. And the success terrifies me more than anything else. So I'm like, oh, shit, you know, just mm -hmm. got to breathe through it. Can, can you say more about why the success or what about the success terrifies you? Well, it's a mixture of kind of not still not quite feeling like um, maybe I deserve it. You know, or or if uh, there's the fear that maybe it will suddenly end, um, but I think it's also the attention. It feels like people are staring at my nutsack, man. That's pretty. Uh, it's it's you know, like you said, you're waiting. I'm waiting for the one star. Yeah. Always now, and that's okay. But it's just the more attention you get, the 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 harder that gets. I kind of feel like shrinking away and hiding most days. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's look at that because. A lot of people say, "Oh, if you if you're gonna go and write, you're gonna go and do, you're gonna make something." It's like you just gotta believe it. You gotta say, "I'm a I'm a writer. I'm a writer." Then you just go and and create. But what you know, what about you? With the, even though you have the anxiety, even though you've got these other things going on, even though you shrink away, what gets you to continue on? What's the what's the motivation? The, oh, uh, probably the deepest part is there's that thing. All art's the same, right? I don't know. You're you're an artist. You're a creative. You can see how there's connections between mediums. They're driven by the same thing. So for me, it's just there's like an element of truth in creating. You can you can create a true novel that's completely fantasy. Um, speaking of one stars, the one that I got for First Fist was something like 
so many made up names. None of this is real. And they were very upset that they read fantasy. I think they were disturbed that they had read fantasy. But for mm. me, it's like there's truth in fantasy and there's, and you, I find like the motivation to keep living in writing. So worst mm. case, I would probably stop publishing, but keep writing. <laughs> or, or like, just like wait like a year before I publish anything, just, you know, like delay it, yeah. let it cool off a little, you know, yeah. but I'm not going to stop writing now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, what's interesting you're talking about that is they're upset that they're, that they're, they're reading fantasy, even though, I mean, lit RPG is a fantasy game-based genre. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it is true. Cause you're right. Like, it's like missing the point. It's like, you're right. It is. Yeah, this is all fantasy, but the, but the, the, the truth lies in like the, what you're trying to give people. Do, um, do you intentionally, like when you, can you talk to me just a little bit about your process here of like, do you start with the end in mind and work backwards? Do you make an outline? Like, like, how do you, how do you go from no idea to a completed book? Like, like, what is that like high level dot, dot, dot for you? Well, there are some deviations, but like, um, the standard process is, uh, I, I used to do more pantsing, I guess. Um, I still would do pantsing is like when you do inspiration writing or whatever, and that's sort of fun. Plotting is, you know, being more meticulous. And I, I still plotted everything out and outlined and did some world building before, but the more I write each story, I spend more and more time getting ready because it's so much easier to write once you do. Because either that or you just have to stop and keep filling it in. You're like, yeah, I forgot that. I forgot that. I forgot that. Um, so now I'm much more meticulous, um, but the ideas is weird. So sometimes it's, you know, while you're in the shower or at the movies or at, you go for a walk without your phone. Yeah, you'll have great ideas, but you just won't be able to write them down. And that's the whole point. It's like you're free from the, I, I don't know. So, so the idea will spark. And then sometimes it's like months or even a couple of years until I get to, to, to pursue that particular idea. So, um, and it'll be like a concept or like a class we're like, what would it be like if the world had this thing about it? Um, and then you try, I try and flesh it out from there. Got it. So like you had some sort of idea, like, you know, what would the world look like with, um, you know, everyone, if everyone was a Jigglypuff or whatever. Right. Sure. So if that's sure. If that's, if that's the, if that's the concept, um, then how do you take it? Okay. That's the, the core concept. Then you, you said, okay. So originally seat of your pants, just going out the gate way, but then you realize you kind of, you kind of type your, you type yourself or, you know, write yourself into a hole. You got to figure out, oh crap, I got to go back and fix this. So then now you're talking about you do more prep work. What does prep work look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I do think I've always done the prep work. It was just like 10% of what I do now, but it, I, I start with um, different aspects of world building. So on first fist, um, it, I did, I did want a deep world because I was going for epic fantasy kind of inspired and there, it's cultivation, which it's deep world. I'm sorry. What's deep world. Oh, it's a deep world. Like, oh, okay. oh like I, I wanted, uh, um, I wanted uh, idioms, I wanted um, cuss words, I wanted um, gods, gods, um, I, I wrote out like a pantheon of mm -hmm. the world, but from three different perspectives. So they disagree with each other, um, which is more accurate. So I wanted that depth. So we're going to get cultural conflicts. Things. So first missed, I, I did like two or three months of world building before I even started because I was playing with it for a long time. Wow. Yeah, but I was writing something else during at least half of that. Oh, that's cool. So then 
you're talking about, when I, I just didn't understand the term you're saying deep world is you, you, you mean you created a lot of the lore, a lot of the, the backstory, a lot of, you know, you deep world, meaning the fact that it was richness, it had depth, it had people that were living in it and experiencing it from a bunch of different expense, you know, you know, from, and I don't know how you wrote it, but you know, from a, a common pleb, plebe to a God, to a, you know, a villain and kind of looked at the different elements and saw how they all kind of intertwined and, and how they related with each other, kind of like a web of, um, yeah, but 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 deep deep world isn't a term. I just meant it's it's a world that's deep. Okay. But okay. World building is a part of like like Brandon Sanderson's one of the masters, right? Or Tolkien himself, mm -hmm. where he mm -hmm. create a language, then that's part of the world, right? It's not part of the story at all. But yeah. it's so. so that's it's, crazy. I had I had, had fifteen thousand words of um, appendix for this one, just to catch up my readers on part of my world building. Um, just because that, I don't know. I thought it would be fun. I, I don't know. It's a little extra juice on the end of at the end of the book. If you need more, is that is it? Is it, do you use like just like a, a word doc, or do you use things like that world anvil thing, or like what do you use? I I've considered world anvil, but I use Scrivener. Um, it's not a, it's not as cool as I want. I think world anvil would be great, but I have to pay for it not to be public. I don't know. Um, but Scrivener, I get I can split screen and get the documents. You know, like. Uh, it just basically takes a, a Word document and you can fragment it and sort it by tabs. Uh, so Scrivener visually organizes my many, many documents. Um, Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I haven't looked into Scrivener at all, but that, that sounds like. Um, it's not called, yeah. I'll take a look at it. It sounds like a thing called Rome Notes or. Uh, but uh, I'll I'll look into that. I'm curious. Because um, it's a lot of. I mean, with these whole worlds, I mean being able to keep track of it and and locate everything's great especially because when your book does get an audience they will call out your bullshit like they would do it and it will do it can you do you have an ex, do you have an experience that comes to mind when i when i mention that yeah yeah for sure um you, thankfully uh mostly it's beta readers that catch it but i've i've had elements of my system slip or just like common common math issues that went past me my editor and the proofreader and two beta readers and then then someone's like hey man what's wrong with you knuckleheads and we're like ha, ha, ha. oh man literally you just smoked all five of us you know uh, it's embarrassing um and, and for me it's it's really tough i need if i didn't have beta readers in lit rpg i couldn't publish because uh the systems i think I, I'm, I'm i have a creative mind for coming up with a system concept mm -hmm. but i don't have the rigorous uh discipline and logic of like a system builder so I make a lot of errors and I have to like, dude, what do you think of my system? And it goes back and forth and before I even start writing sometimes, cause I'm not, I'm not naturally gifted at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I'll be like, I'll make a sick concept and then totally break my own rules. And I'm like, damn it. I, I forgot while I was writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You need, you need to insert a new feature or power to compensate for that. Yeah. Uh, That's where revision comes in. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, how does, how does one become a beta reader? I mean, for you or just in general? Usually, um, I think for most authors, it's become a fan. If you're going after like, um, if you want to become Brandon Sanderson's beta reader, good luck. <laughs> I don't think you can do that anymore. Um, maybe become one of his students or something. But um, for most of the time, just reach out to your favorite author and be like, hey, man, are you looking for beta, beta readers or ARC readers? Depending on their needs, most likely they'll be able to like hook you up. But you can't, it's not just for a free book. Um, awesome beta readers are curious and they want to like dig in and almost even help with you a little bit. Like, Hey, this is a cool spell, but what's up with this one? You could have been way cooler. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Let's spiff it up. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. That, I mean, it's, it's, it's valuable. I mean, it's, there's a natural, like when someone is a fan of yours, there's a natural curiosity where they just, they just want to voraciously consume all of your content, which I do feel a little bad for the authors. Like with you guys, you know, like put months into making a book and then someone like me is all hungry and I just, I just eat it with an audio book in two days, you know, and I just go, where's the next book? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Do you speed up your audiobooks yet? Oh, I am. I'm redonkously. Yeah. I speed up my audiobooks by about two, two times or so plus or oh, minus. God. You're I crazy. Just, Some people can absorb it and it doesn't sound weird. Right. Or you can get used to it. Oh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a freak of nature. Like what I'll do, like with like certain authors that I'm, obsessed with uh like you know uh, some authors will have they don't have the audiobook yet but they have their online books that are like like the chapters online i'll just copy that and bring it into a speech reading ai and i'll just and i'll just save the chapters and i'll just have it read it read it to me and i'll just what? sit there and just eat it you know like uh but it just gets i'll get obsessed with that's why i have to be very careful with getting into a new series that's why like when i saw your your, your latest book i was like 27 hours and like <laughs> i can open this up but I'm not going to put it down. And then, and then my whole team's going to get mad at me because I'll, I'll put off all my work I'm supposed to be doing just to like sit there and consume. And then it'll just get really obsessive. So um, I got to, I have to manage my, the addiction on this side. Your so, ADHD, your dopamine rush. Your <laughs> yeah. Must eat it. I'm like, nom, 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 nom. Like, I'm like a gluttonous kid just eating books, shoving it into my mouth. Or I guess into my ear hole, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but but what's fascinating about that, and that's why I was curious on the whole beta reading things, is that I'm mean, sure there's people that are that are like ravenous or can be ravenous with the content that you that you create, um, which at the same time is, do you feel like you have to have a, like with your readers, do you have to have a wall up with them? Or do you feel like you have to keep it professional? Or do you become friends with them? Or what's your what's your relationship with your audience? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty casual and pretty friendly, yeah. uh, mostly because the lit RPG community itself tends to be that way, um, yeah. especially between like surprisingly big authors and then just a random nobody sometimes. Just uh, and I'm not talking about myself. I'm not one of the massive ones yet. Uh, yet, see, I'm hoping. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I have like recently, I felt super sad. But this dude popped into my Discord uh, PMs uh -huh. and was a fan of First Fist, and I'm like, cool, we're chatting. Um, and then I heard that he, I found out he was um, three years older than my son or something. And I was like, huh, okay, so you're a minor? And he's like, I am. And I said, I'm so sorry, sir, but I do not feel comfortable, blah, blah, blah. And I did the thing. And I said, like, you know, we can speak in public spaces, yeah. but this is my PM and I'm not going to get sued. <laughs> so I even screenshotted me like saying, I'm so sorry. But, and I was super nice because he was a sweet guy. And I think he felt like a sting of rejection. I'm like, no, nah, that's not what it is, but that that's the part that you got to be careful with I, I think yeah and that's i mean we all everybody doesn't want to get rejected and, and you know he's put himself out there and to to, yeah. to him you're a big author like anybody that you love someone's content and then you have a conversation with them it, there's a bit of surrealness yeah. right and and, and yeah. then they tell you to do that and so i could absolutely imagine that kid just going stupid 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 ah whatever 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 i, I felt himself. like I, 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 I watched this, I watched this, ah, man, I felt so bad for this cat. I watched a guy, uh, uh, I put together like these events where they go and they pitch their ideas to their investors. And there's like this big investor guy and this guy came in with an idea and this guy said he spoke at a turn and this investor is a high level dude, just like 
shot him down hard. And it was in front of a whole, like a whole, like hundreds of people. And I was managing the whole thing. And I watched, I watched, and the guy tried to pipe up and defend himself, but it was like not the right move to do. And, no. like, and this guy's like world-class, high-level investor. He's like, he's like, I, cause the guy basically, sh uh, he shit on other people's work to put himself Ooh, yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and he's like, mm-mm. And I was like, and I watched it happen. And then afterwards the guy hit me up. He's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. It spun out of control. And I'm like, it's okay, man. It's okay. People are going to forget by tomorrow. No one's going to stress on it. Um, and so anyways, but I, when you said that, that's what I was imagining the kid. Cause he, you know, he just wants to be your friend. He just wants to get close to your work because he, he you know, he loves what you do. And so I guarantee there's people that you say, I'm not big, but there are people out there that listen to your content that, to them, you're, you're huge. And so, I know. I know. yeah. And I've had a couple of phone calls with, uh, I had a phone call with my biggest Patreon. Oh, cool. It was pretty nice. Yeah. And, and it's funny. He, he's like, you know, I'm a little nervous. And I'm like, dude, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're definitely just human. So, but yeah, That's it's so cool. really rewarding too. And it's funny because some of the biggest fans are audiobook fans. Um, they yeah. become ravenous uh, for sure. Like truckers, yeah. truckers have helped me go full time. By themselves like they really they buy so many audiobooks oh that's so, so cool because they're on the road and and they do the some of them get really into it so they'll do 1.5 to two times speed if you do more than two times speed i don't even i can't even comprehend the words that fast you've got a powerful brain my friend you have no you have no have i've listened to yeah. a lot of audiobooks um you're not, neuro, I, you're not neurodivergent at all right <laughs> I, I, I have no idea i have no idea i really like audiobooks though man especially lit books i'll put them down i just have a, i just i just can't stop when i get started so i mean it's fast it's, it's amazing though because like you're able to create these worlds where you know you like our brain neuroscience wise right like they've done things where they you know they like with tv shows right that they'll put your brain under an mri and they'll scan your brain and for characters that you really like there is no difference in the brain between that and a friend and an actual friend and so like in a book or inside a, a fantasy anything if that person feels pain if that person dies if that person gets hit if something happens and you have an emotional connection to them like you were like, that's my friend in trouble. And like, you really, and I think for me, especially when it's spoken for, I can only speak in terms of audio is when someone's actually creating and talking to it. If I feel it feels more real because I start to get, um, I don't know. It, it's an, it's a, I feel like it's more of a human relationship and I, and I can't really define why. So no, I, I totally understand. It feels visceral. You, you, yeah. you feel it yeah. uh, for sure. How, especially narrators. Yeah. Especially what? Some of the narrators, especially, are just so yeah. so connected. Yeah, yeah. Are there any of the the with you? Do you have personal narrators that you like that you follow around the narrators because you like who they are, or the content that they create? Yeah, I've got. I mean, I think we're kind of spoiled in our in our genre. Um, uh, Travis Baldry's definitely been one of my favorite for a long time. Um, mm. I'm, I'm going to get to work with him on a project next year. That's pretty exciting. Um, oh. I did. I did the the guild core with Steve Campbell. I think Steve's really yeah. great. Um, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Daniel Wisniewski and Rebecca Woods just did uh, First Fist. I think they're really great too. Um, there's just so much talent. I like people that really get into the character though, and a little bit more than just just casual reading. That's yeah. just my that's my preference. Um, but yeah, Parsno, right? Parsno's yeah. amazing. There's uh, there's so many good ones. Um, and then Michael Kramer, right? He's like one of the classics because I fell in love with him and Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. Right? 
Well, I'm trying to remember that the which one did they do? The uh, uh, Michael Kramer. What books did he do? Oh, Michael Kramer did Stormlight Archives, but he did ten thousand other books. You should know Michael Kramer. He's um, he's the one that's. It's just an impossibly deep voice, and he does Dalinar Colin in like Stormlight Archives, and well, he does I, all the male voices. But um, I think I done. I got, I got. I have a. I have a giant list of books, so I got to go through and like look through the names to kind of see what have I consumed. Because I'll because Audible, what they do is they do a, a they 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 get me because what they'll do is like I'll finish a book series. And they're like, hey, by the way, just to let you know, we got another book for you for free. And it opens me up to a new series of books. Uh, and, they'll give me the, and they'll give me like one or two of those books out of like an eight book series. And then I'll just go down a tear. I'm like, what book series was that? Like, I just yeah. like, and 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 because they, they realize as soon as one book finishes, they'll give me credits to another series. And it just, and then I'm off to the races. And then like, you know, eight, 16 books later, it's, it's a thing. Um, uh, one thing I do want to talk about, I want to get back to this because I think this is important and I think it's actually critical. And I want, I want to look at this a little bit. Um, you talk about having anxiety, but you still talk about being able to produce these, these works, right? Can you talk to me about how you manage your anxiety either on a daily basis or prepping before you got to do something that's simply intense? Because I think a lot of people want to, uh, they want to create, but they're crippled by this anxiety. Right, this this fear of the one star or whatever the thing might be. Can you talk to me just a little bit about your how you manage that? Yeah, for sure. And and it's gonna sound pretty silly and hippy dippy, but um, I write sure. cultivation with meditation. But you know, that's that's certainly part of my process. Uh, mindfulness is is like a is like a, a new agey keyword, but it's a lot more than that. It just means paying attention to the present moment. Mm -hmm. When you're worrying and you're anxious, you're not there. So if you can be mindful, you're not anxious. You can't be mindful and anxious. Oh, unless you're being attacked, <laughs> because then you're like, oh, shit, I'm in danger. That is a good time to be anxious. You know, you need to be mindful of that fucking danger. But if I'm trying to write a book and I'm like worried about next year's uh, launch or something, it's like, no, no, no I can't do that. So I got to shut it down. Um, I also do like certain hacks for like if I don't start my work early in the morning, I mm. usually can't get around to doing it because I won't prioritize it. Um, mm. And then, it, you know, if it keeps going on lots of walks, self-care, exercise, those things are super key in just keeping you in the, in the thing. Um, but then, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that this last year, my big thing is just flipping it around. So I was putting career first, like mm -hmm. production. I need to produce. And then afterward, I can take care of myself. But no, I, I already burned out once. I, I can't do it. So I need to take care of myself so that I can produce longer because I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So it's the script entirely and it's not easy and i'm not great at it yet <laughs> so then is that a step-by-step -step process of you wake out of bed uh do some meditation slash cultivation you know raise up your xp on that a bit and then you share yeah. the book writing is that what you do or is like what is that like how can you talk to me just like the tactical practical couple of steps in the morning and kind of set your well you got to get the three s's you know there we go Th shit shower and shave right once that's done yeah usually like a really short, quick walk or like sit-ups or push-ups. And then I'll mm -hmm. make my coffee, sit down and I'll start a sprint. So if I can do that, then I sort of trigger the brain to respond dopamine wise to like mm -hmm. successfully completing a sprint. Okay. So it's like, when you, you say, know, I, when you say sprint, can you break that down a little bit for me when you say a sprint? Yeah, yeah. Um, most days, unless I'm really just feeling the story and I just want to go in organic, I'll put mm -hmm. on a timer on discord and I'll do like a five, 10, 15 or 20 minute sprint where I tell my brain, my critical brain to shut the fuck up and sit down. 
while I play. So free writing, sprinting doesn't mean I have to write as fast as physically possible. You can, but it's usually messy and you'll have to do a lot more cleanup. So I just write at normal speed, but I'm not allowed to um, stop and question everything. Yeah, you mm. gotta just, and that's where I find flow. If you can't find flow, you usually can't produce. It's very difficult, so. Yeah, and then when you say on Discord, are you, is it because you're live streaming your, your text view or what is that when you say discord what do you mean I, by that? i'm not a master enough yet to be able to sprint and live stream um okay. but uh there's like uh sprinto is a cool channel you can put in in discord and so like me and my other author buddies um i'm i'm, a, I'm in alabama with grayson sinclair by the way he writes mm -hmm. uh he writes lit rpg with me um but we'll get on we'll get on my discord and and set a sprint together and he's in alabama and i'm in a Cal a california and and oh. we rock it where you at in california um, I'm down in Long Beach, man. You're in Long Beach? Yeah, but right oh. now I'm in Alabama, which is weird. Where are you at? I'm in I'm in Orange County. I'm actually gonna be moving to Long Beach in like two months. So that's kind of uncanny, actually. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's when you said I was like, wait, because I'm so uh very international. Uh uh that's why I like what? I'm like, how close are you? Okay, cool. We'll uh we'll uh we'll get together, man. Well uh that'd be fun. I'll buy uh, you a beer. Yeah, it's just, I, the Long Beach Brewery. Yeah, I know. I know. I uh, I just went to that stash bar. I don't know if you've been to the stash bar in Long Beach. Well, side dash. Have, I'm a I'm a foodie. I don't know, like like before <laughs> foodie. Like that's a, that sounds so pretentious. Um, I used to I used to own a gourmet burger truck, um, for a number of years. Um, and so I was very deep into the burger burger space. So, uh, that's there's awesome. a there's a place in in Long Beach. Side tangent. We're gonna go back in this. Uh, but like, I love Monte Cristos. Do you know what those are? Do you know Monte Cristos? Yeah. They do a Monte Cristo burger, a deep fried Monte Cristo burger with sweet chili oil, which is sweet and spicy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Every time I take a bite, I can feel one artery close. So <laughs> like I take a bite, pump my heart, take a bite, pump my heart. Right. Um, but anyways, I went there. I was like, oh, this is, this is too dangerous. Um, but anyways, uh, side to side tangent is my new favorite spot in Long Beach. Um, but I, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Getting back into it though, um, bringing it back onto the, onto the wagon here on the tracks. You're talking about Sprinto. You're talking about Discord. You're talking about being able to get into the flow of things in the morning and then just block things out. So you don't have your phone with you. You don't have like a way to access the internet. You don't like accidentally kind of creep over and then start looking at all your reviews on audible off to the side, or how do you manage the whole outside world uh, creeping into your space? Usually it does um, <laughs> with a sprint on. Um, okay. So I, I just finally broke down and got me some baller um, headphones like you got, and they're big and bulky, but they're really noise canceling. So if, if I'm doing a sprint, I'll do like ambient lo-fi. Or, or like, um, I like Asian trap music. Uh, it's, it's pretty fun, but no, no vocals. And then, so I can kind of ignore that, but my phone gets me, um, and, and reviews. If you, if you guys want to become a writer, don't read your fucking reviews, man. Um, or you can, you can have a friend read them to you. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. actually effective because they, they'll either get pissed and like react and support you emotionally, or they'll, they'll skip some of the nasty shit, <laughs> you know? That's actually that's a pretty good move. You've got a friend filter. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or, or like you know, that's, I like that. The so, okay, oh, yeah, the wife. Uh, so that's a good move. 
And then, so th so so you just kind of deal with it. That's a, that's a that's a, a known issue, right? It's how to how to deal with the the outside world creeping in on you as you as you get through it. But then, if you can kind of hit some of the slows in the morning, kind of it, it sets you off for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And I was I was teasing you earlier about yeah. being neurodivergent. I don't I don't know what your deal is, but I am. I just got diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, which is weird. But for me, managing distraction and uh -huh. and and like manifesting focus is an art. It's a fickle art, right? You just got to fucking do it though. Otherwise I don't get anything done. So, and then luckily there's hyper-focus, which is when I'm in it, nothing exists. Yeah. And that's the drug. Um, it's just about getting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have, I have no idea if I, if I am or I'm not, I know I'm slightly dyslexic with, I can tell right. Like some people have seen me and like, Oh, I think you are. And I, so I've known those things. I don't know about the other stuff. All I know is I can get obsessive with like audiobooks and other things that I'm really, really, really into. Um, one of the main indicators it's the hyper focus everything goes away and and you spend absurd amount of, uh, amounts of time there right yes yes forget, i do forget to eat drink water it, right it, it, <laughs> it just it just everything just gets out of my way and it's just like it's like this is ah it's like I, until it's gone until i have to finish it i don't know so i'll, I'll look into it I, i've heard the term i just didn't know i don't really know much about it but yeah and, and the, but that's i mean it can be you know a crutch or a uh, a superpower depending on how you wield the thing exactly. Exactly, but yeah. if you can manifest it into a superpower, you don't have to be that consistent, right? You don't have to be on every day. Mm -hmm. But if, if you can get your shit together four days a week, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Call it professionalism, right? <laughs> I know. Um, so, I mean, I, I, what are some, like, on that point, like how are some ways, what are some hacks, what are some things that you've seen on how to get your shit together, right? For people that can get distracted or any of those things, what, what advice would you give? One of the biggest things I see is people um, are super good at justifying and making excuses. And I kind of get a little sick of it. So if like a new person, um, and, and I and I was recently, so there's no judgment. Um, I'm not different, you're not different, right? But someone comes and says, hey, I wanna be a writer. And I'm like, cool, so you know, where's your book? And they're like, well, I haven't quite started yet. I'm still world building. And I'm like, how long have you been world building? And they're like five years. And I'm like, so when are you gonna start? And they have 10 different reasons why they can't start. And so I'm like, well, you're not ready to write. Let me know when you start. You just have to fucking do it. You really do need to choose it aggressively. You need to assert it. Uh, and then afterward, if you like, you're going to go through that thing where you're like, oh, am I really doing this? And then fight yourself a bunch, but it's worth it. You just have to sort of grab it. Um, mm. and, and that's why I don't always think it's necessarily bad if you're not ready yet. Mm. I, I needed to kind of break down and get strong enough at the same time. And then I'm like, why the fuck am I not writing fantasy books? I love them so much. They're my favorite thing ever, right? Yeah, so I had to start. <laughs> I I feel you on that one. I had a, had a, had a I have a mutual friend of mine who we share our love of the RPGs, and he's like he's like, when are you gonna start writing your books? I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to pick up that habit. I want other people to pick up that habit so I can consume. I want to be yeah. a lazy consumer in this industry. Um, yeah. I do want to look at what you're talking about here. You said you got to start. You've I got a couple questions around here. Some kind of rapid fire, but. Bear with Rapid me. Fire. Is so. How long did it take you to write your first book, from concept to out the door? Uh, probably nine months, but I, I had like a I fa I failed to keep going it for a while, so at least four months of pure writing. Got it. And it so was one hundred twenty thousand, so just an average size book. Got it. And then from when you started, when did you start writing to now? How long has it been? Um, well, novels, um, almost three yeah. years, three um, years and three years, you've written 20 books over. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> that's insane. So in three years, you've written 20 books. Um, the first one took nine months. The first mm -hmm. one took nine months. And then nine months after that, so in two years, just over two and something else years, you, you've done close to 19 other books. Yeah. Um, so uh, my other pen name is Atlas Kane. And um, mm -hmm. I, the books in that genre tend to be slightly shorter, but they're still averaged uh, 80 to 100K. So on some some months, I would write a book in three weeks at, at the peak of my speed. Um, and then that and that wasn't sustainable. So I, I needed to slow down. So the last six months have been a lot slower, maybe the last eight months. So I had like a crackout phase because the, you know, like it was really fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I wrote several trilogies on that one. And um, the lit RPG does tend to go a little slower than the harem lit because um, the system is more chunky and the, the character is a little more robust. So I can't could, quite turn out as fast. Could you say that again? Uh, you said the lit RPG goes quicker than the what? Go then the, the harem lit <laughs> Atlas oh, is, is a harem lit uh pen name got um, it got it got it uh, um when you say harem lit can you describe that a little bit for me <laughs> okay yeah. here, here come the wind stars um <laughs> harem lit's an interesting genre that just basically um instead of reverse harem uh which is super popular in paranormal romance for female uh -huh. audience uh it's it caters more toward a male audience where it's um mff situations mff plus um, and then the cool thing is there's like a broad range from like pure erotica. You're going to pick up the book and every other chapter is going to have sex in it to um, just sort of like a slow, slow paced slice of life romance sure. with more than one partner. And, and I, I tend to be more toward it's just a romance book. Um, sure. But yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> if okay, you like cool. I'll, I'll check it out. I, mean, I, I haven't heard the term before. I was just kind of like I, I got the gist by just the way you said it. But I want to kind of understand it a little bit better. Um, that's interesting because it's a, a it grew up with lit RPG. It's mm. actually a, people don't always some 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 people would want to kill me for saying that, but Dungeon Deposed by William Arond came out way back in the day with like um, some of the originals. Like they they were sister, and then the the fans. There's a ton that are crossover fans. Yeah, and they're both game lit. A lot of them are game lit. So that's cool. Okay, I will right, check it out. I'm not opposed to. Uh, uh, some interesting harem lit RPG. It sounds like anime fantasy kind of stuff. It's, um, it's very anime based. Yeah. Cool. The okay. So then, just backing up, moving forward in the series of questions. First book, nine months. Uh, overall, three uh, three years to do twenty books. Your 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 latest book, the uh, first fist that came out. How long did that take you to write? And see, then then now you're gonna think I'm full of it because of the other books. But um, that one was really slow too. Um, I actually had to stop and, and I wrote another smaller project in between because it's 215K and that's the longest book I've ever written. So it feels like I stretched my mental rubber bands and it was it was really stressful. I, I did not easily finish that book. Um, 150 is comfortable for me. Yeah. Uh, 200 was a, was a stretch, but uh, I just had to get better at outlining even better. It's a big ass <laughs> book. Yeah, I was going to say, how does that change? Like, so like, yeah, because you're, um, I mean, you're throwing around these numbers, 200K, you know, words, you're talking about this, like the size of the books. I know, I know that at about 27 hours was that book size. I, I look at it in terms of audible hours, just mm -hmm. on, the, mm -hmm. on the consumer side of things. Right. Uh, then what needs to change for a book that, so you talk about stretching your rubber band, you said getting better at outlines. Uh, how does your process change when it's a bigger book like that? Um, yeah, well, this one was, um, 
the, the longer projects I've had uh, and my first book, actually, I used the same thing. I used parts, uh -huh. uh, divided the book into four parts and, and, it, and created four small arcs. Um, and then with one overarching arc theme, mm -hmm. me that it made it feel like I was just lying to myself. I'm not writing one book. I'm writing four small ones. And that was easy. It's just all about lying to yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You got, you got, yeah. I often with, with uh, any project or business, I always think that you got to lie to yourself and say the tunnel's this deep, right? Yeah. And really, really the tunnel's massive, right? Yeah. yeah. And with that, are you, are you using the hero's journey kind of arc format where, you know, you, the person leaves, they go through some special unknown area, th threshold guardians, get some sort of magical, magical powers, come back, return stronger, and then carry on to the next. That's a finite loops inside of this kind of infinite loop arc. Is that what you're talking about? Or not, not exactly. So the, um, um the hero's journey arc, uh, yeah is in every single story that's ever been written pretty much, except yeah. for maybe special art projects. There's the seed of it, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't specifically go to try that because I have a main character. He's yeah. gonna have a boon and he's gonna get help along the way on his journey. It's already there, so it's yeah. fantasy. So I just try to come up with a more of an organic story that feels believable instead of cookie cutter, like what's next, what's next. Mm -hmm. But my arc is that there needs to be like an inner, the inciting incident, in my opinion, should be connected to the climax. So the shit that gets the book rolling should finish, <laughs> at least partially, at the end. And that's your arc. Like, uh, have you heard Vonnegut's story arc? No, no, actually I haven't. The story, here, I got in the screen. The story begins. Yeah. yeah. Things happen. Yeah. And then it ends. And it's a big fucking joke. But that's the point, is, is, is you can still do that. You're like, did you have an end? And you're like, ooh, I didn't really resolve anything. And you're like, you didn't finish your fucking book. Go back and write an ending. Yeah. Right. Or like, oh, I just kind of rushed right into it. You didn't do an intro a beginning. No, it doesn't really begin. It just goes like there's just three parts. <laughs> That's rude. Um, it feels unresolved, right? That tension. Uh, yeah. So uh, with this, I don't know if you actually answered the question. I think you did, but maybe I skipped my mind. How long did it take you to write this last book again? It took. I, I, did, I didn't answer. I think it, this one was um, about four months. About I had months. to take a couple breaks. Usually I'm, I, I can probably finish that in two and a half if I was like on point, but I don't know if I can do that. I, I'm I'm about to start First Fist 2 and I'm planning um, a project in between. Mm. I'm gonna write, send it to my beta readers and at least spend a week outlining and doing something else to get my mind off of it. Do you yeah. wanna, cause I, I wanna, um, let's talk about the, you, this this later one you said that this one kind of got some really good reviews uh there's some excitement around it uh can you just talk just a little bit about fist uh first fist kind of what's it about if you were to kind of talk to someone about it if there was a someone that's interested in lit rpg how would you describe to them and how would you you know what's you know what's about it do you think is uh what about it a lot of people enjoy yeah definitely so for from a lit rpg standpoint and um, I'm going to pull up and I'm going to pull up the, the thing right now so you can take a look at it as uh, anybody wants to take a look at the book right now. And you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So Seventh Bridge to the Heavens is is uh, is access to this other world that's been previously locked off. Um, so yeah, I don't we need to get into the world building of that. But um, the little character there, Luca, uh, mm. was a soldier. Mm. Um, he's an older protagonist. So he, he's about to turn 30 which for someone who's been a spear-wielding soldier is the beginning of old man stage because <laughs> he's been injured a lot and he's, he's a little bit broken. Um, but then about at the third of the, a third way through the book, you know, he breaks through and gets some cool thing. Uh, he finds the seventh bridge to the heavens, so to speak. Um, and then we get a second, a, a, a secondary arc that sort of takes him to 
a more fantasy-based realm. And, and that's where we get cultivation and we get game lit slash lit RPG. For lit RPG fans, this is not a crunchy, heavy system. Um, this is a uh, character character focus, but there is uh, visual stats and, and the system does matter. It's it's not a broken thing. Um, and for fantasy fans, um, this is that's what I that's what I wrote the book for is, is just for that sense of wonder. And I didn't think we could fully get the sense of wonder unless we felt pain first. So the character doesn't have an easy beginning. Mm. Um, and afterward, the heights are, are that much sweeter. So mm. I think this is a good book for people who are okay with being honest with what pain is like, but love to feel hope after. Mm. You know? yeah, yeah, It's not the um, start good, get great and start in a shit situation and then figure out your stuff to go to go to some higher place. Have you have you listened to Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson or read it? Mm -mm. Nope. They're, they're they're stellar. They're fantastic and everyone loves them. Um but Kaladin Stormblessed uh had a different arc, of course, but um Brandon dragged his character through the mud too, man. He did he actually <laughs> a little bit more aggressive than me. He did it for a couple books. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun to see someone rise up from the mud and then, and then truly see them stand, right? That power. You're like, I love it. Hell yeah. Um, what's your, I'm, I'm going to toggle this off. So anybody feel free to take a screenshot of the book so you can see it. We're going to talk like in a minute, talk about how to find this, but take, grab a screenshot if you see it. Um, but the book is here, you can see it. So you can, I'm sure you can find this places. I'm going to, we're, we're going to tie it. We're going to dive back into what that looks like. Um, but I do want to say is, um, what's your, uh, What's your hope with making all these books? Like, what what is your holy grail? What is your flag in the sand? Like, what what do you hope to achieve by by writing this book series or all these books? Do you, do you have an end goal in mind or some sort of flag in the sand that you hope to achieve? Um, a lot of them. Um, like, I'd love to be taught in a school or something, but that's that's kind of ridiculous. And then some. My dad keeps telling me, "Are they going to make a movie?" And I'm like, "That's not really how things work, Dad, at all." Um, but I think having, um, I, I've been hungry for more contact with readers. And I know that some authors make it to a certain level that like their discords or their Facebooks or whatever they are, um, are, are, are brimming. And, and what I mean by brimming is like 100 avid fans, 100 fans that believe in you is enough for any celebrity to, to, to really, you know, and, and I don't really want the celebrity. I, I really want the connection with the readers. It's, it's rich, um, to hear what they think and to, you know, have them name my characters if they want. I don't know that that sort of connection is, is really rich for me. Mm. Um, and then to be able to look back when I die and go, um, at least I tried to do stuff that I wanted to do. That's awesome. the fear, fear of the regret for not having tried, right? <laughs> An epic statement on tombstone, you know, like, you know, you, you try to do stuff, man. I mean, and that's, that's, what's cool about it. And what I like about that too, but you're talking about having these, having them like they care enough to actually want to name your characters like you've you've created such a powerful mental model narrative world for them that they they feel sucked in it and they actually want to be able to be a part of that like that's it's that's really powerful that's, a, that's, it that's, a, that's amazing and 100 people that's a lot of cats that's a lot of people and it, 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 it seems small but like it, it, but what readers don't know is if 100 people read and reviewed your book on day one in addition to the other people that like do it naturally it's just that's it. That's the spark you need for every for every bonfire. Gangbusters. Uh, what do you think? What do you think is the dragon 
that might prevent you from being able to achieve that? What's the biggest thing that you think is stopping you from getting the 100 fans or being able to, to, to create that powerful um, reader base? It's just myself. That's it. That's the only thing anyone's ever facing. Usually, I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky, you know, like at this point, um, I, I can keep writing full time and, and I, I have a good keyboard, you know, so that's that's in my favor. No, seriously. Right. And some yeah. people are like, well, I'm working two jobs. How can I write full time? And I'm like, well, you fucking can't right now. So good luck crossing the river. It's very difficult. Yeah, man. That's so that's so true. Um, and you're right. They're talking about the getting getting past your own stuff because you're right. The the five years world building or the you know uh, people. You know, you, I mean, you say something that really lands with me. True is what I've noticed. This is that you never, whenever you start a thing, you always feel like a fraud. Like there's this fraud aspect, right? Yeah. Like, like I'm a fraud, right? And then at some point, I think it does go away at some yeah. point down the river. Get a little, yeah. Right? Um, but I, I thought it was cool that you're like, you're like, oh, let's just do it anyways. And that's why I was like, how do you get past it? Like even this, I mean, truth be told, like you said, you had some anxiety before this podcast, right? Getting in, then we got comfortable. We had a chat. It was great. It's very natural. But, but having that, the honesty enough to, to just communicate where you're at, I feel yeah. there's a lot of power in that. And then coming forward and just, I'm very intrigued with people that can admit what's going on inside of them, whether it's fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, or whatever, and take that step forward. Yeah, and that's a really, it's a really powerful combination. So that's what I'm really interested in understanding, like how and, you. And today I got mad at myself because I said, you know what? I'd actually really like to fucking hang out with Dylan Watkins. He's a cool guy. Why pull your shit together? And so I did some breathing exercises, and I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, Dylan, let's do this. All right, brother. Here, my heart's beating fast. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> let's go buckle up man yeah that was a great conversation i, I know you told me okay, like, i'm not right I'm like, that's cool i'm like i'm like we can still do it i'm, I'm gonna show up if, you, if you're here let's, let's get this party started man um it's, it's, it's great man like I've, I've, i mean being able to create what you've created in the time that you created in the time that you've done it and put so much heart and feeling and thought and love and emotion into it i mean it's a it's a, it's an accomplishment that most people they just, you know, they'll just sit there and consume. They'll do what I do in the, in the book world where they'll just, they'll never produce, they'll only consume, you know? And, and, and that to me is like, if anything, if, if inspiring people to read the books, right? You read enough of these books, you get inspired, then maybe along the path, those people turn into writers or maybe they get inspired and they, they make a video game or they get inspired, they do something, man. Um, yeah. But that's why I think part of this book is, is one is talking about how, why these books are awesome. And a lot of it is also like you, figuring out your own shit to be able to make stuff that's meaningful to you and other people. And I think it's a, it's a really cool thing. I mean, what, um, I got something for that. Do you mind? Yeah. Yeah, please. This is just an inspiration here. So you've asked for a couple hacks here and this is the, this is the really shitty thing is there's only a single thing that you need to know in order to be a successful artist. Hmm. You need to actually be able to at least temporarily love yourself because the act of creation is allowing yourself to play which is not something someone does if they love themselves. So you give yourself space to play. And then afterward, you love yourself so much that you revise it and you attempt to fucking perfect it. That's the pursuit of art. You're not, you're not going to make it. And then the last thing is you have to love yourself enough to say it's okay if it's broken and not perfect. It's good enough and I love it and it's going to go out there. And that's brutal. But if you still can't like get your act together to write, then start working on self-compassion. <laughs> that's awesome man that's honestly that that is a really 
I've, I've never heard it put that way, but you're talking about the ultimate hack is loving yourself enough to play, play, play with your art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's the thing is so many people are hard on ourselves. I mean, we're all hard on ourselves to, but to the point where it's debilitating. That's really cool. Yeah. It's a really cool point. Um, uh, TJ has been awesome. Um, you have a new book out. It's, it's kick-ass. It's one of the, it's, it's doing really well. How do people find, I'm, I'm going to talk about back up right now. How do people find uh, the first fist book one? Where is it? Can you let us know? It's on animal, uh, animal. It's on Amazon, uh, ebook, paperback, uh, and audio. There's actually two covers. The other one's a little bit more um, shown in height, but this is the this is the ultimate series cover that we're going to be keeping mm -hmm. around. Um, so just check it out on Amazon. But I'm also on Facebook at TJ Reynolds um, author. Um, uh, you can see the little first fist guy there uh, as icon mm -hmm. on Facebook. Um, and you can even drop by on the Discord or on Reddit. So just search First Fist and TJ Reynolds and, and you'll find me. Um, I'd love to hear from anyone, even if it's beta readers or like, hey, man, you could have done better on that one thing. And I've been like, yeah, probably. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so drop on by. It's a great way to handle that. That's beautiful. Uh, TJ, absolute pleasure, man. It's been it's been a, a, a real uh, gem talking with you, man. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, much appreciation. And I'll, I'll see you on the other side. All right. Thank you so much, man. You have a good one. You too, TJ. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.